Well, I'm excited for today's episode. Why don't you do a quick introduction of who you are? I sure will, Roger. Well, I'm Dr. Kimberly Hambrick, and I am a leadership development growth coach and trainer. I like to say that I design empowered leaders who then go on and empower others. Well, it's great to have you on Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Thanks to everybody supporting the podcast. You visit the website, do not listen to this podcast.com. Half of your donations go to Feeding Straight Cats and Dogs. And our conversations revolve around leadership or creativity or business growth. Today, we're going to talk about leadership because Kimberly is a great leader. So let's get started with what I always like when I talk about leadership with anybody. I like to hear their definition of leadership because it, everybody has a different definition of leadership. And I think that's important. So what's, what's yours? Well, thank you. Um, you know, it's so funny because I think when you say don't listen to this podcast, and it's like, okay, I want a podcast nobody's going to listen to. <laughs> you're, you're my kind of person. <laughs> Unfortunately, people don't listen to the title and it's become a horrible thing. They are listening. So it's the title is a failure, but the podcast is okay. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love your sense of humor. You know, so when I think about leadership, the first person we lead is ourselves always. So I'm talking first and foremost about growing yourself on the inside to be who you were supposed to be, the best version of you. And then you ripple out to lead others. Leadership is not someone who's in a position of leadership, someone who rises up the ranks in a corporation and they're anointed to be the leader. That's not a leader. A leader for me is somebody who is heart-centered, people-focused, servant leadership. It's really about adding success to others. And when you do that, you're creating a legacy and a life of significance. You know, you mentioned servant leadership, and that's a style of leadership. I think maybe if you could explain that, some people may not know what that is and why, what that term is. So if you could expand on that, I think that would be a good place to start too. Sure. And you're going to have different variations of this as well. So this yeah. is my, my thinking about what servant leadership is. It's, it's about doing for others. Servant leadership is about looking at your team, surrounding yourself with people that you can grow, that you can empower them, that you can move them forward. It's not about me growing my own abilities, my own bank account, my own clout. Servant leadership is really doing unto others and right. for others. I think that's a huge distinction. I think when people hear the term, they're, they're not too sure. And sometimes they think it's overly religious. And there is some religion connection to it, but it's not. It, it really is about, in my opinion, it's this approach of being of service to others. And that's really mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you bring up the religious part. I mean, you know, I am a person of faith, and I don't put my faith on people, on, on other people. I mean, it's it's my faith. But what a servant leader means for me, um, you know, at a point in my career, I had a really bad experience with people. I I was at a point where I was not viewing myself positively, and I attracted people who viewed me the same way. Mm. And my soul was crushed. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I was deeply hurt. And I worried about when I stepped away from that, would I still want to give and serve others in a leadership role? And you can do that in the corporate world. It's not just faith-based. It's really about, are you putting your people first? Are you caring for others? 
Yeah, and I think I, I don't think there's anything. Uh, I'm not religious. I mean, I'm spiritual in nature, but I'm not religious. But I don't think there's anything wrong with if you are religious and you integrate that in. There's that's fine, and you're going to have team members that really connect with that. You're going to have team members that get a little scared of that. Same with spirituality and stuff. I think people that deny that that's part of the puzzle are in more danger than people who don't. I, I agree. I would agree with you. I, mean, I would rather work with somebody who is who thinks completely the opposite of me, but at least I know they think completely the opposite of me. I mean, there, there's, you know, it's an even playing field, you know, yeah. rather than the, the same thing. What, well, no, what, I agree with that. And it's funny because I'm, I'm so sorry, but I absolutely agree with that because when you're in a leadership role, you don't want people who just think like you because then you have minions. That's right. not what you want. You're not challenging yourself. You're not getting other ideas to be better. Right. To me, a leader is somebody who knows they're not the smartest person in the room, knows that others have ideas and they want to hear that. And it's starting from wherever you find the common ground. Right. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we all should find a common ground to have a conversation with people, even if we disagree. It's about listening with empathy and respect and talking and not yelling at each other. Yeah, I mean, I think the common ground thing is really the key. I mean, everybody had, we all have something in common, even if we really hate each other. Yeah, exactly. And how do we anchor there? Yeah. What's in common may be that we hate each other. That might be the good starting point, right? And then you can go, well, why do we hate each other? Then you can start a conversation, right? So sometimes it's as simple as, you know, agreeing on the disagreement and starting the conversation there. What do you think the biggest mistake people make around leadership as let's let's answer that question first as a leader and then as a follower you know people who are under the leader what do you think the biggest mistake both of those categories make so i'm going to anchor my answer into my own experience uh so the biggest mistake i made as a leader is that i thought the people respected what I said <laughs> because they were doing what I asked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and, a, and there's a, there's a difference. They didn't respect what I said. They were just a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, but oftentimes you have to pull leaders aside and say, you, the mistake you're making is you think people actually care that you're the leader. Mm-hmm. And they don't. They, they think they're the leader. So yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the biggest mistake. And I, and I actually see that across other leaders with the work that I do. Um, So I say this often, Roger, you know, what's happened with the pandemic in the last year or so, um, leadership to me was very fascinating. It was fascinating with all lowercase letters. Sure. Fascinating because you had people who were facing a situation that we've never faced before and the decisions that they were making, they were making decisions sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of unknown they were making decisions that weren't best for the people who were suffering yep. through all of this. And so I, it bothers me to see leaders who can't look past their own nose right. to see and, and to take the time to ask their team, how are you doing? How can we help you? Right. And there wasn't a lot of that. From a follower's perspective, um, I think following somebody blindly and not thinking that you have a voice and have an opportunity to speak 
I, that bothers me. I think I think you're right. I think following somebody blindly is just as bad as always being anti-authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I mean, those two, I, I think those two are the traps of followers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to be anti-authoritative as a follower because you'll get attention and free food. But, but even if you win, then now all of a sudden you're the authority. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. And that's why I always enjoy having conversations with you. Cause I think back at one point um, in my career, a woman that I worked with, and I'm still dear friends with her to this day, there was no black, there was no gray with her. You were either at the foot of the cross or you were on the cross. And it just depended on what nerve you stepped on that day. And a lot of her team shied away from giving her input. Mm. because they didn't want to have the wrath of her. And I never shied away from it. And I I was crucified quite a few times by her. But what I learned was I had a voice. Right. And there's a way to share your voice. And so you don't share your voice by being the loudest, crankiest person on the team. You share your voice by saying, Roger, what you're talking about right now, I, I don't, agree with and here's why I don't agree with it and here's how we can talk about it yeah no it's true I also think too a lot of times with uh, the follower mistake that is that um, they don't identify their own jealousy and envy Uh, yeah that that was my downfall I mean I'm going to be honest that was my downfall because I looked at people who were in leadership roles that couldn't even explain to me what they wanted me to do and why, but yet they sat in a position and supposedly had much more insight than I did. And I started to think I could do better. Sure. Why do I need to listen to them? That's right. right. And that's what everybody does. It's like, it's like not every leader is evil and not every leader is good. (laughs) You know, it's like anything else. human. Yeah. It's actually human. Yeah. What, what, where do you think leadership is going in this phase of, it's not post-pandemic. Some people think we're post, we're not post-pandemic. We may just be on the front end of the pandemic and people don't really grasp that, but that's okay, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Wh- where do you think leadership is going in this macro problem, you know, of, of a pandemic? Well, some of the observations that I've seen um, are leaders who realize that they needed to care for their team and they needed to put their views first, mm-hmm. not follow what the followers said, but to get input. So I did, I've started to see a lot more compassionate leadership. Mm. Uh, it's not that they're not about the bottom line. You know, if you're in charge of an organization or a team, you have to be responsible for the bottom line. Bottom line all the time is money, you know, bringing in more money. But if you're burning out your team, if your team is struggling with things, it's going to impact your bottom line negatively. So I am seeing more compassion mm-hmm. from leaders that I hope doesn't go away whenever we do fully emerge from this and get back into the office. What tip, what tip or piece of advice would you give to somebody who was not necessarily a compassionate leader, but has found themselves that they need to be, you know, now they're in new territory. I mean, I know you're a compassionate leader because I know you, right? 
So what tip advice would you give them about this newfound weird space for them of living and coming from compassion, which may sound counter and feel counterintuitive to them as managers? Yeah, well, I actually had a client that I worked through this very issue with when, when the pandemic first started and that organization was sending people home. The comment from the leader was, this isn't going to work. How do I know what they're doing? I don't know what they're going to be doing if I can't see them. Hello to Micro 101 class. Absolutely. And then as the two weeks turned into four months, year plus, I've, you know, through conversations, I would ask questions along the lines of, is the work getting done? Yeah. And the comment was, yeah, is anybody not doing the work? No, the work's getting done. And then I would ask a question, how, how's your team? What do you mean, how's my team? Do you reach out and talk with them? You've sent them home. <laughs> you sent them home and are you communicating with them? And, and it was <laughs> ugly at first. I'm going to be honest. It was ugly at first. The, the email came out and it was like, I hope everybody's doing okay. Oh, that's lovely. That, you know, thank you. And then Hallmark, there was an email. Hallmark greeting card email. It wasn't even a Hallmark card. It was like the, you know, the 50 cent knockoffs you get at the other stores. Um, And then it merged into, here's how I'm feeling. Right. And it was like, okay, that's a little bit better. The person is sharing. And now it's to the point where uh, I saw the person, you know, have an open email policy to talk with me, to, to have some conversation. And but probably the biggest examples that I saw, the two contracts, contrasts of this were um, a CEO of a multi, multi-million dollar company who truly put the people first, right. who truly said, listen, we're not going to meet our targets this year. There's no way. Right. It doesn't matter. Everybody's it's okay. You're yeah. okay. Yeah. And we're stressing about them. So, you know, um, figuratively taking the targets, crumbling up, throwing them on the floor and saying, let's set set realistic ones. So what that CEO did at the time was to say, I get that that I'm causing you stress and this isn't important. What's important is let's do the best we can with where we are. And then I observed another CEO who you have to make difficult decisions. And I'm yeah. not saying that, there, that you didn't have to make the difficult decisions last year, but the CEO strung the employees on. Oh. Everything was great. Everything was fine. No one's going to lose their job. Then they started to hear, we're thinking about reorganizing. And it was like months and months later. And then all of a sudden I call, you know, I call you on the phone, Roger. We have a Zoom call and it's like, you know, hey, you're let go as of tomorrow. Right. And so I have a problem, and I still do, and I had a problem, even if you found yourself in a difficult situation, to make those difficult decisions, to not do it in a way that had an ounce of compassion. Yeah. No, I think, I think that that passive-aggressive stuff kicks in <laughs> easier, easier on remote working than, yeah. than in, the, in the workplace environment. I think that, you know, I think... The good news is I think bad leaders are getting weeded out. I, oh, I, you know, I, I absolutely do agree with that because um, as I said earlier, you make it to a leadership role, it doesn't magically make you a leader. Correct. But if you're not equipped to be in a leadership role, 
it's the cracks start to show. And again, that's where I talked about the person that we first and foremost lead is ourselves. You have to, I have a mentor who says that he struggled earlier in his career because he was bigger on the outside than he was on the inside. You got to do that internal ugly work. And, and I mentioned it earlier where I attracted people who viewed me the same way I viewed myself, which was not positive. So I had to take a pause and I had to stop and I had to say, come on, (laughs) you're not that bad. Let's look at what is good about you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Well, what would you want the person who's listened to the episode all the way through, what would you want them to take away from this episode about leadership or servant leadership in general um, that you think is the, the takeaway that they need the most? Each of us is a leader of ourselves first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, do the work internally that you need to believe in yourself and own who you are. And if you are blessed enough to be in a leadership role, to show others the path forward, take the light off of you and put it on them. Don't ever be so ego-driven or concerned that somebody who's on your team will surpass you. That's what you should be doing in a leadership role. You should be growing people to be better than you and carry it forward. Well, that's fantastic. And thanks again for coming on. I always love chatting with you. Oh, my pleasure.